Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. My message is titled, No Fear of What You Hear. I'm thinking that the children of Israel could hear the sound of horse beat feet, hooves, and chariots, and marching men, and see a dust cloud in the distance. I'm thinking they could hear that when they were standing at the Red Sea. God turned that sea into a highway. No fear of what you hear. When I say those words, I'm transported back to March of 2018. There are several of you in this room today that do not know this, so it's going to be a a revelation-type story to you. But in March of 2017, I was sitting across... 18... I was sitting across from what was new to me. I've never had a cardiologist. So he was looking at me after having reviewed an echocardiogram, an internal actually. And he was sitting across from me telling me these words, Mr. McClendon, we are glad to tell you that that uh, bacterial infection that you've just suffered through, did not vegetate the valves in your heart. That was one of their chief concerns. Naturally, the church and I had been praying that that would be the case, and I was ready to rejoice, stand up and shout and dance. But as I looked into his eyes, I knew a but was coming. Y'all ever see a but coming? I know that sounds bad, but you, you get the point. You've just been told that, hey, you did a great job on that. But, and I I could see a but was coming because his eyes gave it away. Mr. McClendon, I'm sorry to inform you that we have clearly defined that you have a leaking valve in your mitral. A mitral valve was leaking. And, uh, If you don't deal with it somewhere at some point in your life, you're going to have a serious problem. And uh, I think you should deal with it. And by that, I I then responded, well, what do you mean, deal with it? What do I got to do? He said, well, I think your best bet is to have open heart surgery. At that point, everything else got foggy because I was reeling from the shock of what I had just heard. At that time and even now, I'm I'm healthier than both my brothers. They're both just not as healthy as I was. 
My parents, neither of them had had heart issues. And I've been exercising, riding a bicycle for my health for all love, 30 plus years at that time. And I was just blown away when he was telling me this, that I had a leaky heart valve. It was a problem with one of my valves. I said all of this just to uh, let you know that I'm human. And I remember when he, after he had said this to me, uh, I was sitting there alone with my thoughts and in that hospital room and I, <laughs> I thought, Lord, that, that's not what I was praying. That's not what I was expecting. You ever have something happen in your life and you're a sold out believer, you didn't expect it. You didn't expect it to go down that way. Some of you sold out believers, loved Jesus, serving the Lord, got divorce papers. You didn't expect that. You've been in the midst of mess before, all of you that are, have spent some time with God and you found got some information that just blew you away. And I was sitting there in that moment thinking, Lord, that's not at all what I was thinking would happen. I refuse to allow myself to cry, though. Cower in fear. Told my wife a couple hours later. I don't think she cried either. She would be a stalwart of strength. She would not allow herself to, to cower in fear for it, it took her a couple of weeks. She did, she did eventually cry. But we wouldn't allow ourselves that moment of fear. I chose not to fear, but to place it in God's hands. I want you to see this verse. There's so many good psalms, but I want you to go to Psalm 112 and look at verse 7. If you're taking notes, we do have the notes supplied to you and electronically and even in the bulletin if you want to take notes along today uh, with me in this message, you can. But look at these words from the seventh verse in Psalm 112, an amazing psalm. And I want you to know something about this. Many, many of the songs, you know they're songs to begin with. This particular one, the author is unknown. But it's it's a type of an acrostic. It's poetic, and, and you don't know this, but in Hebrew, the, it starts with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and each successive verse is a different letter. So it, it's an incredible psalm, but I take you right to the seventh verse and listen to these words. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. Look at your neighbor and say, you're they. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. I want to break down this psalm a bit today and, and discover what he, he was trying to get across so we can apply it to our own lives. 
and ask you to entertain that question, can I hear bad news and not fear? And measure it up against the time you got bad news and you know Jesus. Come on, be real with this preacher today. You heard some news that was not what you were expecting. I'm asking you to take your faith seriously today. And I begin with the first main point. I call it limited access. We're going to read just a few of the verses from this chapter. There's only 10, but I, I don't want to go through all of them. The first verse starts this way. It says, praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. I'm going to pause there for a moment. He's giving you a picture of who this verse is meant to hear and know it. Walk it out. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those? This is the they. That's why I said to say to your neighbor, you're they. How joyful are those who fear the Lord? How many of you fear the Lord in the appropriate way here this morning? And delight in obeying his commands. Let's go on. I'm going to skip right down to the sixth verse now. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. Now the seventh verse again. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. I love that verse. They can face their foes triumphantly. They are confident and fearless. Hallelujah. Now let's go to verse 9. It's the last one of this one that we're going to read. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. And listen to this. Isn't this beautiful? They will have influence and honor. Look at, I'm going to back up a little bit. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. That's legacy. How many of you want to leave a legacy? Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. That's legacy again. So we begin by recognizing we have to understand the platform or the context. Always look at the context of Scripture. And in this case, there are promises given, and I, you need to know the context. Do you fear the Lord? Amen. Say, yes, I do, Pastor. I'm not saying, are you afraid of the Lord? I'm asking you in the King James sense, do you reverently consider the Lord? This psalmist wants us to understand who these promises are meant to engage. They are the people of God who have made a conscious decision to follow him. Have you made a conscious decision to follow Jesus? 
Do you delight in obeying his commands? Because if you know the Lord, you will delight in obedience to his will. Because doing the opposite, your, your conscience, the world might say, but believers will say, the Holy Ghost will get a hold of you when you start walking in disobedience to his word and way. Right? Any of you had that happen in your life? You did something and the Holy Ghost was right there saying, whoa, what are you doing? You've done it. You've been there. Some of you did it this week. Anybody out there willing to say, Pastor, I did something this week and the Holy Ghost got a hold of me? That means the rest of you who didn't raise your hands aren't listening to the Holy Ghost. You just did it and ignored him. Because he's always talking to you about where you're at and what you're doing. And the place that you find joy and freedom and satisfaction is when you're not allowing yourself to walk down those paths you shouldn't be walking down. And so this scripture is meant for believers who full-on follow God with their lives. And so what I, I, I say it this way, you must become a card-carrying member to have access to these promises. Amen. She's got a slide for you I want you to see here. It's a, it's a picture of something I've seen in my past <laughs> and in my present. You recognize that sign, Eric? No, you don't like that sign. For those of you who do not hunt, this means you're not allowed to hunt past that sign. No trespassing, no access. Every, and I've encountered them a time or two. And I don't like them because on some occasions I know there are game on the other side of that that I want access to. This says no. You don't have access if you're not a member of that family or not a, a good friend of that, that person who's posted the sign because they can give you access. Posted doesn't mean nobody goes there. It just means you ain't going there unless you have approval. Access is granted. Permission, if you will. What am I telling you all of this for? You don't have permission or access to the blessings Psalm 112 is telling you about if you're not in right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. To access the good promises of the Word, you must consume the Word. Oh, I'm going to say that again. To access the good promises of the Word, capital W, the Word, you must consume the Word, capital W. Listen to the words of Jesus. The Passion Translation of John 6, 53 says it this way. Jesus replied to them, listen to this eternal truth. Unless you eat the body of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have eternal life. Now, there, were, there are people who would contend we should cut verses like that out of the Bible. 
Bible shouldn't have stuff like that, and that sounds gory. Don't even like the sound of it, unless you eat the body of the Son of Man. Sounds like cannibalism. Drink his blood. You will not have eternal life. I know it may sound confusing, but it'll never be removed from my Bible because the truth that it's, in, it, it's trying to get us to understand is that we have to partake of Jesus, who is the Word made flesh. He's also referred to as the bread of life. You have to consume him. So these precious promises that all of us love the promises, we want access to. There's only one way to get that access. You have to consume him. We can obtain the promises only by first having a relationship with Jesus. Just like I need to have a relationship with the guy that has that posted sign. I got a property that's a quarter mile from my home. I ride my bicycle past it two, three times a week watching deer frolic in the clover. But there are signs all over the front of that property. The deer are just like, ninny, ninny, ninny. You can't get me. I don't have access. But these promises, to these I have access because I have a relationship with Jesus. Because of his substitutionary work on the cross, we can have unlimited access to all of God's promises. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Unlimited access. That is an amazing word, isn't it? Don't you like that word? Unlimited access. Some of y'all used to go to clubs. You didn't have unlimited access. Any of y'all ever been rejected from going into a club? Come on, be honest with this preacher for a minute. They ain't right. Okay, I do see a couple of hands. I do see a couple of hands. Thank you, honest ones. They wouldn't let you in. You don't have unlimited access. Any of y'all remember when you used to be charged 10 cents a minute to talk on the phone long distance? Y'all remember those days? <laughs> when I was dating Pastor Amy, before we were engaged, I remember one time when, when I went home, she went home, I should say that, because I lived in Florida at, at the college. I lived literally in the town where uh, the college was southeastern in Lakeland, Florida, and, and she went home to Elmira, New York. And so I, I remember, man, I wanted to talk to my girl. I was missing her after a couple of days, but it's long distance. And I know I'd looked at my dad. I had to have permission. I had to have access because my dad would look at me no more than 10 minutes, boy, on that phone with that girl. That's one dollar out of my pocket, he would say to me. That's when parents would talk with you like that. And if you went over, there were consequences. Actual consequences. Like it'd be my dollar. And then she, so I'd wait for her to call me too because her parents were a little more generous. 
We, <laughs> I was singing Lionel Richie, Lionel Richie, all night long. Come on, baby, we can talk all night. It's on you. We only had limited access, right? Limited access. We couldn't just talk. These things are amazing, aren't they? I mean, I could right now. I could dial up Pastor Johnson in in uh, India, in Bangalore, India, and I could even FaceTime him. Unlimited. Doesn't cost me a dime over what I pay per month for this phone. I have unlimited access. Isn't it good to know you have unlimited access to the great promises of God? Listen to this word from from, uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. This is how you gain unlimited access. It's through relationship with Jesus. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. It's why we make a thing in evangelical churches about coming to an altar because we want you to do what that scripture's telling you to do. Openly declare that you're saved, that you found Jesus, that you've invited Jesus into your heart. It's important to you as you walk with Christ that you make an open declaration. And and Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, they who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, shall be saved. It's going to happen if you call on him. So now let's talk about applying the truth, these promises. Let's let's apply it now. Listen to what he said in verse 6. He says, you'll not be overcome by evil. I'm going back to to, uh, Psalms chapter 112, verse 6. They'll not be overcome by evil. Remember, you're they. I will not be overcome by, say it that way, I will not be overcome by evil. But it requires intent or effort on your part. There's something you have to do about it. Obtaining these promises of God require you to activate your faith personally. Activate your faith personally. You know, some things you have to want them to get them. All right, two of you agree with me. Some things you want, you, have, you really have to want to get them. It'll change the way you operate. Let me prove the point to you right now. I want y'all to be honest with me. I want every one of you in this place to be really honest with me. Listen to the words I'm about to say. If you could pay $50 to have a perfect body, would you pay $50 to have a perfect body? That's, that's like not, that's nothing, right? That's, that's nothing. I'd put, I'd, so, some of y'all would go, if I could do it for $500, I'd, it's done. It's done. Right? You give me five. If I, that's all it was, I'd be there doing it, right? I'd be looking like Dwayne Johnson standing up here. That was my best version of The Rock, right? That was weak, but... 
but y'all know what I'm saying. Because, let's be honest, the idea of spending six months in the gym and buffeting your body daily for six months to lose that 30, 40 pounds don't sound that great, does it? $500. Bam, it's done. But this scripture, the reason I'm, I'm pointing you in this direction, you have to want this. You want to get the promises of God, you have to obtain those promises. You got to work your faith. Listen to this, church, let each man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. That's not saying that in order to get saved, you have to work at it. It's saying that you have to activate faith. Work out your salvation. Get busy. Uh, uh, If you don't set up a standard, a roadblock, the enemy will just keep coming and coming and coming. And you won't experience what this psalm is talking about, being fearless, courageous. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us to stay alert. Why? Because your enemy is crouching. Watch out, this version says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's just looking for you. You don't have to wait. You don't have to want. He's going to do it because it's what he does. It's his nature. He's looking for an opportunity to drag you down and take you out. So you have to make a stand in faith. And I'll say it to you this way. Hold on to the word, capital W, hold on to the word with the weight of faith. I'm going to say that again because this is one of those things you ought to be writing down. If you're a note taker, write that down. Hold on to the word with the weight of faith. talking to my son-in-law, Minister Nick, a week and a half or so ago, and I remember in our conversation, it just came out of me. We're talking about the Word and the value of the Word and the difference the Word makes in our life. But you can't just quote the Word. You have to hold on to it with the weight of faith. And you can know the Word, but the devil knows the Word. You do realize that, Right? You can know the word, but do you, do you know the word, capital W? And you're holding on to it with the, 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 the weight of faith. Like Jesus, the word made flesh, these precious promises must be fully embraced as truth in life. They're not just empty promises. They're backed by an almighty God who can move mountains and put them in the sea if he so chooses and if your faith inspires him to do so. So Jesus has to be consumed. You can't just talk about Jesus. You have to actually receive Jesus, consume Jesus. He's a part of you. That's why he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. That's full-on consumption. You don't just adopt Jesus like he's your uh, lucky charm. That's right. Jesus ain't no rabbit's foot. 
I don't care what you, you can do the hexes and a black cat crosses your path. Ain't, that ain't Jesus. No, he's got to be way more substantive in your life, in your being than that. And so what do I say to you? I say it to you this way, work the word. Work the word. Fill your day with the good word of God. Listen to preaching. If you can't stop for a minute and read, then listen to it. There's no excuse in our world today. I could turn my phone on right now and, and it'll read scriptures to me. You could have that. Put it in your car. If you're only in there for 10 minutes a day and you fill your life with the word of God. And, and listen to some good faith preachers. Seriously, listen to some good faith preachers. Preachers that have walked the path. My, my wife was telling me, oh, um, down in Texas, what's his name? The big guy. Hagee. John Hagee. Was, was, was ministering and she was listening to him talking about how God had put, the, the, nobody believed they could build what they built. Nobody believed that it was possible to have the land, the property, or the buildings that they ultimately, they clearly now have, or to build the ministry that they now have. And John Hagee, of all people, he's a man of faith. He's one of those guys that had a, a gun stuck at, in his belly, and the bullets fell to the ground. Now, you need to listen to people who have faith like that. Start consuming the word, getting the word into your spirit. Stop letting all the garbage junk and I mean, even news that, that you agree with, it's still whittling down your spirit. You need the word of God to build you up and strengthen you. Fill your day with good preaching and people of, people of faith. Read books from people of faith. I mean, really, I, the church has spent way too much time down in some of these faith preachers. And, and I, I'm not telling you to buy everything. That's your business. You walk that out, but they are men of faith. And they've gotten to where they are, and they have what they have because they believe God, and they've walked it out. Fill your head with that stuff. How God triumphs how God breaks through. You want success in your walk with God? Fill your spirit with the word of God first, good preaching second, and then good reading next. Even outside of the word, but men and women of faith. Because you're different. Look at your neighbor, tell him I'm different. You knew it anyway, right? You're different. Why are you different? You're different because of the new birth. Let's go back to our primary scripture today. Psalm 112, verse 7. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. Look at verse 8 with me. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. <laughs> they are confident and fearless 
and can face their foes triumphantly. You're different because you have been born again. You see, non-believers don't have God to run to. The non-believer uh, has never proved God's faithfulness, but you have. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. That's what you get when you know who's walking with you, right? It's no wonder that the non-believer uh, would be bowed in fear and alarm when he hears bad news. If, you're, if you, as a believer, are distracted as other men, what is the value of that grace which has, you profess to have received? What's the value of it? You need to be different is what I'm telling you. You ought to be different. You've been born again. The Word says that your mind has been renewed. You've seen God work. You've been begotten of a lively hope. Somebody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. I know that's King James language, but you get the message, I'm begotten of a lively hope. You're alive, full of faith and power, confident in your God who is almighty and capable of doing anything. Your heart lives in heaven now and it's not focused on earthly things. The unconverted often run to wrong means in order to escape from difficulties. They drown themselves in alcohol. They drown themselves in drugs. They run to immorality. Looking for satisfaction there, but you folks that have walked the walk a little while, you know that that stuff isn't satisfying, isn't it? Is it? Excuse me. It's not satisfying. Leaves you empty and void. Listen to me when I say you what the word of God tells you. Trust in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Trust in the Lord. That's intentional. It's not just, I'm just waiting because I have nothing else to do. It's intentional. When you do it the word way, it's intentional. You have intent when you engage the word of God. Trust the Lord and wait patiently for him. You're not waiting on just anybody. You're waiting on the Lord. I have confidence in you. That, that doctor told me those words. Those were words I did not want to hear. Absolutely did not want to hear. Didn't want to hear nothing about a leaky heart valve. Are you sure? I mean, I was looking at him saying, are you sure? I mean, come on, doc. Just, just a... At that point, I had been in the hospital eight days, so, you know, I had to say something like, two weeks ago, I was riding my bicycle for all I'm worth. You're telling me I got a bad valve? A leaky valve? Only trust him. Only trust the Lord. I look at that doctor, and I'm, I don't care what he's saying. I know God's with me. What's your wisest course? 
Your wisest course is to do exactly what Moses did, did when he's standing at the Red Sea. Stand still and see the salvation of your God. Stand still and see the salvation of your God. If a miracle needs to be wrought, then a miracle will happen. If you're standing still and watching God come through. I'm trusting you, Lord. The circumstances don't look good. It doesn't even feel right. This is not something I would invite, but I know you, God. I know I can trust you, Lord. It doesn't matter what I'm seeing with my eyes. It doesn't matter what I'm feeling. I'm trusting you, God. He's in disagreement, but this is the word of the Lord. Some of you on video are wondering what I just said and why I said it. There's a little baby on the front pew that's just learning to shake his head like, no. And he's doing it very um, intentionally. Listen to what Charles Haddon Spurgeon says. He's one of the, my favorite preachers. I love to read his preaching. If you give way to fear when you hear of evil tidings, you will be unable to meet the trouble with that calm composure which nerves for duty and sustains under adversity. I know he's still, it's so ancient that he's still talking King James way and, it, and, and you're, you're struggling to follow him, but if you give way to fear when you hear of evil tidings, you'll be unable to meet the trouble with the calm composure which nerves for duty. That means gives you courage to face what you must face or walk through and sustains under adversity. How can you glorify God if you play the coward? I'm just human, preacher. I am too. There's going to come a moment when each of us need to believe what we say we believe and stand firm on it no matter what you see, hear, or feel. I'm just telling you about one of my moments. And I'm sure there is a pass a load of believers standing here, sitting here right now that could say the very same thing. It's not easy to do. I'm not telling you this is an easy task. That wasn't easy for me. I don't tell you that story because it was something that was just passive. It was very difficult. It was not at all like I wanted things to go. <laughs> or I was believing God to do and how he was going to do it. But I knew that no matter what came my, to my doorstep, God was going to walk with me. And I had no reason to fear because I have God with me. And I know this is harsh to say, and I'm well on the other side of it, but you can't threaten a Christian with death. You, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I'm going to heaven. 
I'm not, not in a rush to get there. I'm still enjoying my life here, but I'm just telling you, you, you can't threaten a Christian with death. It's heaven. I, I love you people, but heaven. And so my, my point in saying that to you that way is what else, what else are you going to do? Cower in fear? Look like the rest of the world? Listen, he's given you his word so you can stand in faith no matter what you face. He says words like that to his disciples when they're looking at a situation. And he says, look, if you say to the mountain, King James is the only way I know it in my head. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. It will happen as you speak it. But that speech is coming with some faith behind it. Because otherwise that mountain ain't changing a bit. Come on, Pastor Mackay. Our scripture, main scripture says you can confidently trust in the Lord to care for you. So I'm going to end my message today by quoting a famous word from an insurance company. There are plenty of them I could give you, but this one fits my message today. Like a good Savior, Jesus is there. That's not a quote, you realize. I'm taking their quote and making it better. Like a good Savior, Jesus is there. And and I know that's humorous, and I, I say it with that bit of tongue-in-cheek, but you'll remember it now, won't you? Like a good Savior, Jesus is there. You're standing at your Red Sea. Jesus is there. You're standing with the prophets of Baal. You're, you're Elijah. About to call down fire. Jesus is there. God will come through. You're, you're Deborah, and she's facing that vast army. What are we going to do? God's going to be there, bud. You can trust the Lord. She has to tell her. I think the guy's name is Barak. She has to tell him, God will be there. You're Gideon. But wait a minute, Lord. We just turned away 30,000 guys. I'm, I'm, I'm left with... We turned away 29,970 guys. Lord, what are you talking about? Jesus is there. You just listen to me. You follow me. Stand still. Watch me. You're Daniel. You're in a lion's den. Jesus is there. He closes the mouth of hungry lions. And then there's Jesus himself. Had a stormy, storm-tossed sea in a boat with a bunch of guys that shouldn't know how to handle themselves on the sea. 
crying out, Jesus, what are we? We perish. Jesus just stands up and says, I, I know he was irritated when they did that to him. I know he was. I've been with you this long and y'all don't know that you got control of this? Come on, men. And, and that's the nature of this message today. Understand, you have to engage your faith. Don't just talk it. Actually have to walk it. When it comes to your doorstep, it's time for you to make your stand. So take today's scripture to heart. Hear the words again. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. Say, I'm confident. Come on, church. I'm fearless. I can face my foes triumphantly. Don't allow yourself to wallow in the throes of fear and the possibilities of defeat. Don't allow it. You make your stand. Really, don't allow it. I'm not giving you any excuses today. We're not standing on excuses because excuses find you in a place of mental anguish and your life in a mess. So I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to give you that pity that, that, that you want us believers to do. I'm not a Christian psychologist trying to give you biblical pity. I'm telling you the straight up truth. Nothing against psychologists and, and counselors, Pastor Peck. Nothing against it. I'm just telling you, I'm not going to let you walk out of here with that as some kind of an excuse like it's okay. It's not okay because it won't give you success. allow yourself to wallow in that mess of fear and the possibilities of defeat. No. John 14, 1 puts it this way. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. That's what I mean when I say, like a good Savior, Jesus is there. He spoke those words. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Notice it says, don't let. <laughs> Uh-oh. I caught you, didn't I? Look at the word again. Don't let your heart be troubled. That means you could let your heart be troubled. He says, don't let it. Don't cower in fear. Don't give a moment to the enemy. Don't open up the door and let him bring any doubt or fears or, or hopelessness to you. You stand on the word of God. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You got to activate the word. Last word. Last word. It's going to be posted here in the, for you to see it. John 14, 27 goes like this, and y'all stand up. Let's read it together. Let's read it together. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift. The world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Like a good Savior, Jesus is there. He's got a gift for you. 
You're following him. You love him. You're committed to him. You can trust him no matter what you face. You can have peace. Listen, not just peace. Look at what he says. And the peace I get, peace of mind and heart. In your head, in your heart. Where you feel it and where you think it. God will give you peace if you trust in him. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes today. Even if you're watching us online, listening to this message by a podcast. If it's possible that you're listening to me right now and not in a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you realize today, I need to have my life right with the Lord. You're listening online, you're, you're right here in the sanctuary. Say, say, say if Jesus were to rapture the church or God forbid I were to die today, I'm not sure if I don't land in heaven. If there's any question, if there's any, even the slightest bit of doubt, erase that doubt today and lift your hand and say, pray for me, preacher, and I'll pray with you to receive Christ and get things right with the Lord. Let's erase that doubt today. Got one brother's hands right here. How about anybody else? Maybe you're online today and you're, you're listening to me. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Cleanse me from all of my sin. From this day forward, I'm yours. Amen. Now, even if you're watching online or you've heard this somehow or other electronically, please connect with us so we can help you to know how to take right and next steps. And for those of you in-house, the brother that raised his hand uh, here today, I know he's asked Christ into his heart before and he's just checking himself. So I'm not ignoring that. I just happen to know the situation. But I want you to bow your head and close your eyes one more time. Is there anybody here that would say to this preacher today in an honest moment, a vulnerable moment, you'd say, I'm facing a sea and it's troubling and I'm struggling, pastor, and I'd love for you to pray for me today based on this word that you've shared. I need more faith. Come on, you lift your hand up if that's you. You're in the middle of a mess and you're willing to admit it. Anybody like that? Maybe you're watching online and say, I'm in the middle of a mess and it's getting tough, Pastor. I want to believe God. I know His word is true, but I'm struggling. Lift your hand if that's you today. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. I wonder if you'd be bold enough if you raise your hands. I, I'm not insisting that you do this. I'm not even insisting that this is the only way you're going to get an answer. Because I'm going to pray for you and believe God regardless. But if you're willing and would like to come forward, I'd love to be able to pray over you today. If, if you just raised your hand and you want, you want prayer, I'd love to be able to do that. You can leave your pew. Pastor Mackay's going to sing a song. And I'm going to give you a moment, and then we're going to pray. Come on.
bless you. Come on, Minister Tina, just go pray over that, sister. Come on, anybody else, you raised your hands, you're willing to just come forward. I'm going to pray regardless, but I'd love to have you come forward and just be able to pray with you right now. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Father, I thank you that we can depend upon you. And those, there, are, there are some who are going to hear this electronically, and they're sitting in their homes. Even right now, some live are fearful of what's going on with COVID, coronavirus. Some are fearful, and their job situation is in turmoil. There are even some that are listening to me, maybe in-house, but also online, that their relationships have gone really bad during this time. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to give them faith that they've not had to this point. Brothers and sisters whom I love, Lord, and care about, I'm asking you, God, to break through for them. These who have come forward to our altar right now, I expect, Holy Spirit, for you to deposit a gift of faith in them that they can believe you for what has to this point been impossible and they will see you break through for them, Lord. I'm thanking you, God, that you're going to do this, that we can trust you to do this, to come through in this way. I pray this, Lord, in faith and in absolute confidence in you and your word to, do your, to work your word in our lives. And there are many, Lord, who are not here, who are not up front, but if they're honest, Lord, they do struggle still. Why didn't you do this this way? Lord, I was praying for you to come through on that level that way, and Lord, it just didn't happen that way. So God, break through for them. Wherever they're at, whatever their story, whatever their situation, Lord, come through in a big way. Bless them in the powerful name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing it again, Pastor Mackay. Nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Yes, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Yes, there's nothing. Thank you, Lord. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. We're going to say goodbye to our online family. God bless you. We're so glad that you were with us today. Hey, connect with us. Let us know what God's doing in your life. Let us know when God breaks through for you. We love the testimonies. Pastor Amy and I hear something every week about a word we've given, word of knowledge and healing and God's done in their lives. And, and we encourage you to let us know what God is doing in your life. God bless you. We love you. Have a great day.
I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.